Taking up your cross, suffering and sacrificing have been superseded with name it and claim it. And as dark as I know it looks out there, the good news is that God is advancing his kingdom. And it's very exciting to be a part of his great commission. It's Sheila Zelensky. The Sheila Zelensky Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now... Here is your host, End Time Watchwoman, Sheila Zelinsky. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this January 30th edition. It is the Sheila Zelinsky Show. It is my pleasure to introduce my first guest tonight. You all know him from WatchmansCry.com. He's been standing out there on the wall, and I have to say it can be a lonely wall indeed. But then kingdom work is not for cowards. I'm a big fan of this true man of God. He's got a boldness that few men have today. Nathan Leal, welcome to the program. It's a pleasure. Uh, Sheila, thanks for having me on. It's uh, also a pleasure to be here to be able to share what God has on my heart with your listening audience. Well, he sure has put some things on your heart. You know, Nathan, as we peer into the events approaching in 2015, there really is a theme of gearing for war. As we really kind of move into the new year, we can sort of see this developing theme as, of course, public opinion in the West seems to be swaying towards accepting war. It looks like it really stands to be the year of brainwashing for war, really. I mean, that's been happening a long time, but I think we're going to probably see some false flag events. I see a galvanization of the population with an absolute fervent hatred towards Russia. We can see that that's sort of been the spin-doctored media approach in the last year, Get into that a little bit. Okay, and in order to place this in the proper perspective, Sheila, I always find that that it's necessary because the listening audience is always changing. There's people coming in, new listeners, people that God is waking up, etc. And a lot of people are just wanting answers because the ones that are waking up right now are waking up daily and they're looking around saying, okay, yesterday this didn't seem so weird, but now I see that things are not right. What's going on? So they want answers. So they get on the Internet and they're seeking. They just want to put the pieces together. They want to understand what's going on because they're concerned. People are becoming afraid. And unfortunately, the church is not 
telling the people what's going on. The church is blind right now. The church is asleep. And so what God is doing is he's raised up his own voices, and he's using watchmen and, and, and women, watchwomen also from all walks of life, from all sorts of backgrounds, to get up on the wall. And God is putting a message in their hearts, and the message is the same in every one of them, and that is this. We're in the end times, and great and horrible events are coming. And all, in, in order to understand What's going on right now, we have to put it in also the perspective what it is from the heavenly point of view. So we have to see it through beyond the three dimensions of our natural way of, of comprehending things. So we have to see it in the fourth dimension or whatever you call the spiritual dimension, whether it's the fourth, the fifth, whatever it is, we have to see and look and have the perspective from the eyes of the Spirit. Because if we don't, we're going to fall into the same confusion that is going through the world right now, the same confusion that we can find in the airways, the same confusion we can find from the talking heads and AM radio and even the pulpits. And I have a, a passage of Scripture that I wanted to start out with, and it's found in Psalms chapter 2. And we talked about this previously, and I've been sharing this previously, but I believe it really, really fits. In the book of Psalms chapter 2, verse 1 and 2 summarize what's going on right now in, in the world. It says, Why do the, the heathen... Rage and the people plot a vain thing. The keys, the kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord, against His anointed, His Christ, saying, "Let us break the bonds in pieces and cast away their cords." Sheila, the nations are raging right now, and if we were to look at the original Hebrew meaning of those words, "rage," the, the word "rage" means it means to be in a tumult, to be in disorder, to be in commotion, to be in confusion. To, to be striving with turbulence and disorder. And it's real interesting that when we hear from the alternative media that the new, quote-unquote, new world order is going to rise up out of chaos, that's true. They want to and they plan to, and for a, a short season, God's going to allow them to rise up and exist. But in their eyes, they think they're going to last a long time. They think they're the future of humanity, and they believe that it's going to be their nirvana and, and their beautiful utopian society that they're creating. But it is disorder in, in reality, and it's not going to work. It's going to be turbulent until the time that Jesus comes back and rescues us from this mess. So why are they raging, and why are they plotting the vain thing? It's because they don't acknowledge God, and they don't acknowledge Jesus. So as long as they don't do that, they're going to be in disorder. When people ask me, I get emails, hundreds of emails regularly, Sheila, and they ask me, they say, Nathan, can we stop this? Can we stop the direction of the United States? Can, can it be stopped? Can, can enough preachers get together and stop this thing? And Sheila, I do not believe it will happen. I don't see it happening. I have seen the glimpses of what's coming. I've been up, up here on the wall for years now, and I've been up here long enough to see through the Spirit. By the way, side note, I'm a Spirit-filled Pentecostal preacher, and I believe that we're in the end times, and God is raising up Spirit-filled witnesses and people to understand what's going on in the end times with a great Holy Spirit outpouring. But those are going to happen in an individual basis in small pockets. It's going to happen with individuals in small... It's not going to happen collectively over the whole country. It just, it's just not. And I, I have grieved about this. I've asked God about it. I've continually heard the witness from the Holy Spirit that it's not going to happen, Sheila. And you probably can bear witness with that. You've had guests that have confirmed the same thing. So... Since it's not going to be stopped, I have a message to tell the people. And that's where we have to, that's why we have to require, and it's required to see through the spiritual perspective. The message is that we're in the end times, 
And everybody, if they want to have their eyes open, listeners, if you want to have your eyes open and understand what's going on, it's necessary and very important to understand what time it is. That's the key, that's the key thing that I cannot stress enough, Sheila. And I even ask people that when, on the street, when I run across them, whether it's on phone calls, I'll ask them, hey, do you know what time it is? And most people don't. If you were to ask preachers, hey, pastor, do you know what time it is? The average pastor will look at you and say, well, um, the end times? Because they're trying to get the answer right. And that's true. That's partially correct. But another big part of the equation of what's going on is the time right now that we're experiencing in America is the time of God's judgment. And as a watchman of God, I've been called to deliver the message and it's not just me, Sheila. God's raised up a lot of them. There's a lot of voices. We have been called to spread the message and to to communicate the message from heaven that America needs to hear. And it's not limited to America. It also goes across the borders and extends beyond the borders of America and the coastlands. It extends to the West. So the whole Western part of society, of humanity, is going to experience a great judgment from God. That means that our brothers in Australia and in, in the EU and in Canada, if you happen to live in any of those places, you're going to feel this judgment too. And it's not going to be an easy thing to see. But the judgment, Sheila, I, over the past several years, I have been studying and studying and trying to understand what the judgment means. And the, the reason for that is because when we look in the scriptures, by the way, side note, very important, the scriptures are are our guidelines, they're, they're the, the, the scriptures are the word of God, and the scriptures say, tell us everything we need to know. The judgment that, ha- that is happening in America in these end times can be found in the scripture. The way that it's going to happen can be found in the scripture. And when we look in the scripture, and, and I've made that my discipline and assignment, to look in the scriptures, to understand judgment, and this has been a multi-year process involving hundreds and hundreds of hours of study and hundreds and hundreds of hours of prayer on my knees, and the reason I'm stressing understanding judgment is because when we look in the scriptures, we can find that the scriptures tell us that God, when he looks to his children, he's looking for children who who say that they know and understand him, and if we know and understand who God is, God tells us in the scriptures that we also have to know and understand what judgment is, And if we understand what judgment is, that means that we see God in a different light where we actually have to have reverence for him and have fear for him because he's a serious God. Unfortunately, today in the church, God is not taken seriously. The reverence is gone. Sheila, I've seen the phenomenon over the past few years. I don't understand when it happened, but I've seen this happen at least here where I live. And I live in northern Idaho, so I've seen it happen here. And before here, I lived in Colorado, and I saw it there. But the reverence for God is gone to the point where, do you remember a few years ago when people went to church and they prayed, they took their hats off? You remember that, Sheila? Yes, yes. They actually had some respect, reverence, and an actual awe of God. And and now uh, I went to a candlelight service just recently, and half the men in there had their hats on during the whole thing. And I've noticed that that's a, a new trend where people wear their hats, and the preacher had a hat on the whole time. Even the U.S. Mm-hmm. military is trained that when they walk into a building, they take off their hat. Now, people might say, Nathan, you're splitting hairs. What's the big deal? Well, the big deal is this is a foundational problem that if we take away the little things that have to do with the reverence and the fear of God, it's going to spread, and we're going to see it 
manifest in such a way that it'll be sad because there's no reverence. <laughs> Not just people having their hats on. It is a nightmare when I, I go into any kind of church across North America and I walk into a church and I see, you know, this guy's got his feet stuck up on the rail, he's sipping his soy latte, and they're watching a PowerPoint presentation on nothing about Jesus Christ. It's just this absolute watered-down, lukewarm, what did the big boys of yesteryear say? A uh, watered-down gospel is no gospel at all. What did Wilkerson say? Either these light and fluffy overtones and loosey-goosey, anything goes, and every day is a Friday. I mean, it is just appalling what has happened in the church. And like Tom Horn said, if his parents ever walked into a church, they would probably be casting out demons because the church has become unrecognizable and yet we see the end times are here. The signs are flashing. It's like a nature hike through Matthew 24. We're in this late hour, but the world is mired in darkness. And that darkness is coming down like a hammer, isn't it? It said, Sheila, the fire and brimstone message from the days of old has been replaced with coffee talks. And I don't even know what that is, but I see that regularly in the pulpit. is. I've seen in some churches that the, they remove the, the pulpit and they place a little table and the preacher will sit on a little chair like he's in Starbucks and just talk to the people, exactly like you said, with a PowerPoint presentation, without the unction of the Holy Spirit, with no power, with no message from God, with no message from heaven, with no words of thus saith the Lord. So as a result, the people are leaving empty, unhealed, and untouched, and unchanged. And that's the condition of... The church today, and sadly, Jesus told us that was going to be the uh, landscape in the end times. Yes. That's why he said the virgins needed to have their oil, because in that parable of the virgins, it said at the midnight cry, meaning it's nighttime, it's dark when the cry was given. So the, the virgins that want to survive are going to have to have their lamps full at night. And we're seeing that, Sheila, we're seeing the darkness come over this nation, over America, over Canada, over, over Western Europe, over the whole world. The darkness is here. So what does that mean? So many people who are waking up want to know what that means. And, well, here's what it means, Sheila, and you know this, but um, for the sake of the listening audience, let me share from my point of view what it means. It means this, that because of the direction of the end-time church today, the church of Laodicea, the lukewarm church that's asleep, because of that, God has found the decision has been made by the heavenly court of God, and America has been found guilty. And the West has been found guilty. Her cup of iniquity is full. Therefore, a heavenly warrant has been issued for her arrest, but America is not going to voluntarily turn herself in to the conviction of God to change. So God is going to dispatch his heavenly bounty hunters to deal with the mess, to deal with the matters. So behind the scenes, very important again, Sheila, behind the scenes, from the spiritual perspective, the wheels are turning. And several categorical events are coming to America and to the West. Now, again, I have to be very clear. It's not going to be stopped. Revival may arrive over the land, and I use that term loosely because, again, I only see it happening in pockets, in small sales and small groups. But if it is going to happen in a collective manner, it's only going to happen after the ashes have littered the ground, after the land has been peeled and plowed under. That's what's going to bring revival back. The people are going to have to see horrible, horrible things. So there's a good chance that many of the listeners who are tuning in 
are tuning in because they want to know. They want to be informed. They want to know what's going on, and they want to know what's coming. So let's talk about that, Sheila. God's given you some amazing prophetic visions, Nathan, and I would like you to get into your most recent one and kind of give us an overview of some of the ones you've had in the past. And for a lot of the new listeners that maybe haven't heard of you, I think this is really important for us to pay attention when we get prophetic dreams and visions because God gives us the intel. That's really important that we understand to know the strategies of the enemy. And God gives us the playbook. Our enemy is not flesh and blood. It's darkness that's invading the land. And it's important that we tap into what the enemy is doing, but also what God is saying in the end times to us. So go ahead, Nathan. Thank you, Sheila. Well, if a person were to look around right now and see the mess and the, uh, of current events in the United States, they would observe chaos. And I, I opened up with that verse from Psalms chapter 2, the nations, why are they in chaos, in disorder? That's what we can see right now in the world. To most people, that is the extent of what they see. So as a result, for those that want to know, they turn on AM radio and they tune in to some of the voices that are out there, Rush Bowe, Ditto Heads, uh, Michael Savage and, and from the secular realm, and then on TV, the talking heads, we have those goons on, on the different propaganda-controlled, Pentagon-controlled media machines. They're reciting a script. They're saying what they're supposed to say, but they're not revealing the truth of what's going on. And when people are trying to find answers and they listen to that mess, the, the confusion, which I consider garbage, Sheila, because that's all it is. It's just empty words. It's just those individuals echoing themselves, and they're not saying the truth of the problem. They're, they're not getting down to the root of the problem because what they're doing is they're just pointing fingers back and forth one to another. They're saying the Democrats are saying it's the Republicans' fault and likewise. And we all know that that mess is going on right now, but for the person that wants to be awake, they have to do something that's very difficult. As an American, there is one thing that is required to be awake. And I had to go through this. It, it was a uh, a process of transformation that I had to go through it, and in going through it, parts of my theology had to die, and part of my philosophy and tradition of men had to die. I had to go through it, but if anyone wants to be awake and understand what's really going on, there's a portion of their their past and, and who they are has to, to die. And there's two areas that are, that are very important that, that must be done away with, Sheila. It has to die, and here's what they are. The spirit of religion, where the philosophies of men have pre-coded our brain with these thoughts of how everything's going to happen and how it's supposed to happen, we have to get rid of that. Because as we're watching these things unfold, I'm observing that many of the philosophies of man and theories of what we had to look forward to are not happening. It's not happening in the way that we expected. But we still have to be op open to that and continue to seek to find the truth. Okay, so the spirit of religion has to be done away with. And the second part is, oh, this is going to be painful Sheila, especially with the number one movie in America, American Sniper, we have to do away with and let it die in us, and that is the spirit of patriotism. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean that the spirit of patriotism has a tendency to make Americans and, and many Westerners believe that, that Jesus bleeds either in red, white, and blue, or he bleeds in English, and Jesus speaks only in English, and, and any other part of the world is, is, does not matter to Jesus. So the West is the most important thing, and therefore the West can make any military decisions that they want to do, and it's always going to be right. Isn't it interesting, Sheila? We continue to hear that lie. I'm tired of hearing it, Sheila. And if you happen to be a veteran, if you happen to be in the military, I'm not coming against you, my listening friend, but here's what I'm saying. We have been sold a lie, and the West has been betrayed. 
by the elite, by the bankers, by the military-industrial complex to go on these missions to set up puppet governments, and these puppet governments are set up by unknowingly uh, by people who are unknowing. Sheila, they don't, they they don't know better. They want to do the right thing. They think they're doing the right thing, but they're just being using they're they're being used as fodder. They're being used as as chattel as collateral damage. Our soldiers, our military, and NATO, and all these members of well-meaning individuals who want to do right are being used by evil men who are in power. And as a result, our boys have been sent over on missions that were not righteous, on missions that were established on fiction, on missions that were established on lies. When we go back and look at every major theater that we've had over the last few years, every one of them was based on lies. I remember Kissinger said, well, military men are just dumb, stupid animals to be used as pawns in foreign policy. So isn't that stunning? It's incredible. And I, I read an, an article from Steve Quellsite today. I, I believe Chuck Baldwin wrote it about the lie of the American sniper, what it has done, the way it has, yeah. it's brainwashing people. And he was very clear. He said, I'm not here to step on the military and spit on the military. But what I do want to address is the lie of our poor boys are going over there and they're coming back without their legs and their arms and, and they're all messed up and they're being butchered for a lie. And, Sheila, that is being activated once again. The theater is being activated once again on, a, on false pretext to create the next war that's going to kill millions of people. And this thing is its a mess. So if we want to be awake, if we want to understand what's going on, we have to be able to see past the rhetoric of patriotism that the American military's mission is always correct. If we can see beyond that with the eyes of truth, beyond the, the lies of, of brainwashing, Sheila, then we have to admit to ourselves that things are not as they seem. And when we start realizing that, then that's when God can start really showing us that things are not happening like we thought. And that means that we have to readjust our philosophy and our intentions and our motivation, it will change our lives. But if someone's not willing to see past the rhetoric of, of the false deception of patriotism, then they will be cannon fodder. They will become a statistic. Sheila, when we look in the Bible, we see that the United States, the way that our culture is to the, the culture of Old Testament Israel in Jerusalem, before Jerusalem was overtaken by Babylon in the book of Jeremiah, when we look at the way people thought and their attitudes, we see the same attitude that, we, that we're observing right now in America. Jerusalem and, and the Old Testament Judeans back then, they, they had this idea that since they were the apple in God's eye, they could never fall, they could never be, be invaded, nothing bad could ever happen to them because they were blessed, they were the glory, and as a result, they had a free ticket to live however they wanted. And so when the prophets started showing up, telling them that you're misbehaving and you're doing this Baal worship and you're putting up with the, the lies and, and you're allowing your flesh to control you and, and you're not living by the statutes of God, stop it, otherwise God's going to judge you. They laughed at that because they figured, well, God will forgive us and we're fine. Everything's great. Look at who we are. I mean, we are God's chosen ones. But the prophets cried out and Jeremiah cried out for 40 years and eventually Babylon showed up and surrounded them and for a year and a half, put them under siege, and then came through the wall, came through the gate, and destroyed Jerusalem, carried them off as slaves. Well, during that whole uprising, when they were surrounded, the patriots of Jerusalem continued to have their rah-rah attitude and fight against Jeremiah. We saw that. The Bible shows us this. After Nebuchadnezzar showed up and placed his puppet governor 
in Jerusalem and then took the, the citizens, the population, the majority of the population captive. He left a few behind to tend the fields, and he placed a puppet governor there. After he left, the uprisings started again with, they came out of the woods, Sheila, and who were they? Who were who the ones that came out and caused more problems for Jeremiah after they had been overrun by Babylon? The patriots, once again. They didn't want to listen to Jeremiah, and they said, we can turn this thing around ourselves. We don't need to listen to you. We don't need to hear from heaven. We can do this ourselves because we are whatever they thought they were. I like and, how you said they, they didn't hear from heaven because you're right. Whether it's Jeremiah or even if you look at what Elijah said at the Shodan and the prophets of Baal, how long will you falter between opinions? He was asking them. I mean, people, you've got to understand, I mean, especially in America, you're so right. We kind of have this mixed cocktail of liberty guns and the Constitution. It's a, an American gospelized patriotism, really, and it is idolatry. And, you know, we have also, parallel to that, Nathan, the frightening reality of the church being in what I call a cotton candy coma. It's very anemic. There's a famine in the land for the word of God. You're right. They don't have the old fire and brimstone preachers that bring the Holy Ghost anointing. So you've got prophetically unprepared and illiterate people. But does it shock you, Nathan, that the biggest church in the West is pastored by a guy who says he's not even called to preach against sin? His words, not mine. It's incredible. And he, by the way, Joel, I'll share his name. He was there for the coronation of the mayor of Houston, the lesbian, who has changed the laws around Houston or tried to to bring in, they call it anti-homophobe legislation, etc., which I don't want to sidetrack. but They can walk right into a church and steal your sermon notes and shut you down if they so feel. I mean, that's really the cold note. That's where we're getting. I believe in Canada it's illegal to talk about that topic, and that's coming yeah. to America as well because it's a hate crime. And yeah. that's where we are. Since the preachers had no message, the message got taken away entirely, and that's where we are. So we have the Mr. Olstein. He represents the false gospel. And how many Christians continue to, to attend that watered-down funeral dirge service where they are reinforced at their tombstones? How many people go there and, and are happy and satisfied? Well, tens of thousands, but why do they put up with it? It's because they don't want to be challenged with their sin. Same problem that Jeremiah faced. He tried to tell them that you guys have thrown away, you've stepped uh, uh, on the statutes of God, and God gave Jeremiah some incredible words of indictment to Israel. That Israel, he said, oh, heavens, be amazed, be astonished that they have done these two great sins. They have set up for themselves and hewn for themselves cisterns that can hold no water. And then they filled it with water that doesn't even satisfy the drink. Well, that's what we have today in the church. Same thing, cisterns made by the people who can hold no water. They are cloudless, without rain, without water, and the people are not getting healed. So that's where we are, Sheila. So God is working through that, and he's raising up his elect, his remnant, and those people that are waking up are coming to the alternative media. They're listening to programs like yours, to programs like mine, and all of our colleagues, and they're listening, hearing the truth of what's coming. So let's get into what's coming. Let's talk about what's coming. And ladies and gentlemen, yeah. if you're taking notes, take notes. And if you want to get more details, because it takes, Sheila, it takes hours and hours to really explain this, so they can go to my website and, and hear the messages and, and read the articles. But let me just give... Uh, a summary of what is coming. Now, 
before I say what is coming, I have to say what's happening. And this is what it is. America is in divine judgment. The West is in divine judgment. And for most people, that's a general term. It offers little detail, and most people, when they hear it, they really don't know what that means. For example, if you were to ask the average person, if you walked up to the average person and you said, hey, or in church, how about this, Sheila, ask a pastor. Hey, pastor, hey, brother, what happens during a a divine judgment? What would they say? Many would say, um, hmm, and they would try to guess, and they would just come up with uh, bad stuff, scary stuff, horrible stuff, uh, but they're going to admit the actual details. And as a watchman of God, my job, as I stated, is to find the details and to share them with the people. And the details, Sheila, are the most important thing because there are detailed events that are coming to America and the West. When God judges a land, it's very organized. It's a very organized, managed, divine event. God controls it, he steers it, and he manages it. That's very important to get a hold of. Now, to the people down on earth, to us, when we're looking around, it appears to be chaos. The average person looks around and just sees flames and, and chaos. But from heaven, it's very organized. Therefore, the discerning ones can know what to expect and what to prepare for. When a judgment takes place, it's carried out in waves. That's one thing that's very important to understand. God allows one wave to arrive, and then he'll allow there to be a pause. He'll then send the next wave. So it occurs with volleys of whirlwinds. That's what I call them. And I've seen these in the Spirit. I have seen the whirlwind of God. I have seen them in, in night visions, and I've also seen them in regular visions. I've seen the black tornadoes come out of the sky from heaven and, and, and approach the ground and hit the ground. I have seen the fires occurring across the country. I have seen hundreds of fires in cities all across the country. And I have sought God and asked him what each one of them means and, and, and what the visions meant. And so this is what I'm, I'm sharing right now is what he allowed me to understand. Each whirlwind peels the land when they arrive with a certain intensity and in a certain manner. Now, the way God does it is he, he, he allows it to arrive, and then he stands back, and he waits to see what the response of the people is going to be. And he asks this question because we can find this in Scripture. I'm not saying anything that's not in the Bible, Sheila. This is all in Scripture. God then says and asks the questions, are they going to respond? Are they going to cry out to heaven? Do they notice that it's even me? Do they, do they acknowledge that it's me? And if, it, if they are getting it, are they then equating it with the, the need for repentance? Is there repentance? And when the repentance happens, is it small repentance? Is it lip service? Or is it a big collective national thing? Now, on September the 29th, 2008, a huge, huge event happened in the world, and especially in the United States. That was when the stock market fell, negative 777. Do you remember that, Sheila? Absolutely. We, I remember coming home, and it was on the television screen. The, the letters filled up the whole screen. It was incredible. I saw it on headlines. The Internet said it. And a lot of people didn't know what to do with it. Some people scratched their head, and they said, wow, three sevens, huh, interesting. But to those that had the eyes to see, it was very obvious. What God was saying was, this is my footprint. And America and the world, please know this. The judgment has arrived, and it's my footprint. So what are you going to do with it? How are you going to respond? And 
Here we are seven years later, and this country, Sheila, America, is an embarrassment to her heritage. America is an embarrassment to the hearts of the our forefathers. America is an embarrassment to the what I have heard re- referred to as the greatest generation of World War II, or, or the liberators who went and, and freed the captives in the concentration camps, those who had virtue back then. Today, America is an embarrassment. And seven years later, America continues to enforce and reinforce that it's a mess, in a mess and that it does not desire God. It has kicked God out, that it wants nothing of God. Sheila, I can go back, and you've done shows about this. We can see in history, it's already been recorded. Over and over, we have politicians like Obama, the, I don't know what he is, but we've had him make statements that are anti-God. Oh, speaking of statements and your good old pal, Bathhouse Barry, what did you think of the State of the Union address and the thunderous applause at the end? It was like watching a, a fairy tale or some kind of, it, it didn't seem real. To see human beings listen to a liar, to stand up there and tell lies. He said he, he fixed the economy, jobs are, are stronger than ever, everything's recovered. It, it was a joke. She, I, in fact, I saw, that, I saw that such a joke that I, I wrote a satire article about it. Uh, did you happen to read that? I have it on my website. I did. I have it linked there, folks. You've got to check that out, Nathan's. Obviously, his website and that particular article is linked there on my website. But it is just a nightmare to listen to the absolute churning out of ubiquitous lies. I mean, I, I just had to turn it off. It's just appalling and sickening. The Bible speaks very clearly on out of the mouth of liars, and I just I can't even stomach it. Well, for those that want to follow the Pied Piper, they're going to follow him into the pit, and that's what we see happening. So America has not repented. So God's up in heaven looking down. Okay, America, what are you going to do with this? And America continues since 07, 08, 09, 010. We are seeing the, the what is it? More are joining the coma, more are falling asleep, more are, are falling by the wayside, more Christians are, are being lulled to sleep by the false gospel. We see in all walks of life in America and in the West just this continuation of the, the coma. The What is it, Sheila? It's like a fog over the land where the people are walking in a zombie state, dead men walking, dead women walking. There's no desire for the truth. And, and we read that in the Scriptures, though. Because they did not have love for the truth, God is going to send a lie, a great delusion, and that great delusion is here. So in the midst of God's judgment, we also have a delusion. And Sheila... Several years ago, God showed me this, and it was a prophecy years ago. And I shared it on my programs, and I screamed it. I went on other programs, and I cried out. And I cried out with my colleagues, the other watchmen that were out there, because others were seeing the same thing. Darkness was coming to America. Great darkness was coming. I saw the vision, uh, Sheila. It was like a fog, like a rolling, you know, the sandstorm in, in those movies where the, the dust storm comes in in the Middle East, those yeah. sandstorms? Back in that movie, The Mummy, it, it would roll over the land, and it was dark mm-hmm. uh, sandstorm. I saw an image like that in the spirit, but it was darkness coming over the land, but it was like a sandstorm. And get this, Sheila, as it was rolling over the land, a face came out of the cloud of darkness, and it was the face of Barack Obama. This is after he was president, but he came out of the cloud, and he started speaking in a Muslim tongue, and the, the darkness continued to go over the land. That darkness as it arrives is part of the judgment, and that's the other thing that's, that creates 
a hard challenge for the people that want to be awake. Because when the judgment arrives, now let's talk about the, the categories, because that's one of the categories. And by the way, listeners, if you are wondering, Nathan, are you making stuff up? Prove it. What, what do you mean there's categories of judgment? Sheila, it's in the scripture. Ezekiel chapter 5, verse 17 talks about it. It talks about the fourfold judgment. Four categories. Let me read this verse. So I will send upon you famine, number one, evil beasts, number two, and they shall bereave thee, and pestilence, number three, and blood shall pass through thee, and I will bring the sword, number four, upon thee. And then when we go to Ezekiel 14, chapter 21, we can also read the same thing. In verse 21, it says, For thus saith the Lord, how much more when I send my four sword judgments upon Jerusalem, the sword, the famine, the noisome beast, and the pestilence, to cut off from it man and beast. Now that's, the passage is talking about his judgment over the land and how do you survive it? What does it take to survive? And Ezekiel 14 is kind of spooky, Sheila, because it says even if Noah and Daniel and Job were living in Jerusalem, only they would be delivered by their own righteousness. Not even their sons and daughters would be delivered with their parents' righteousness. So in other words, what this is saying is, now I'm not talking about beyond the, uh, before the age of accountability. I'm talking about after. Every one of us are accountable. And the only way that we're going to survive this thing is to have our righteousness be in line with the blood of Jesus and be under the blood of Jesus because our righteousness is filthy rags. We have to be clothed with his righteousness, with his blood. That means we have to make sure that we are walking in repentance. He's our Lord. We're constantly on the Via Dolorosa walking behind him as he carries his cross. Very important, Sheila. So there are four categories of judgment. Now let's talk about the four. Number one, we have famine mentioned. Famine entails just what it means, what it says. Famine, no food. When we look at how it took place in Israel, it took place in a variety of ways, meaning that sometimes the crops failed, but sometimes the distribution of, of food was, was impeded so that people could not get their food. And then sometimes it was because food was too expensive and people couldn't afford it. So famine is coming to America, and we have already been watching that first part of the judgment occur since 2008, since the crash that I just mentioned, because the economy has been in a continual coma since the crash of 08. We all know this. Now, there are other parts of, of the world, and I understand in Canada, there are parts like in Alberta, they had the oil sands harvest that was making them feel prosperous, but that was in a limited area, which, by the way, God's bringing a stop to. The oil sands recovery has been what's been keeping America afloat for the past several years. Those are, are pretty much the real jobs that have existed. But now that's going away, isn't it, Sheila? We're hearing about the oil crash, and by the way, and I'll mention that. God showed me that was coming. But the famine is a part of the judgment, meaning, ladies and gentlemen, if you think that it's been difficult up to this point, you ain't seen nothing yet. If I can use my southern vernacular, it's going to get worse, Sheila. The famine is going to get hard. And we're going to see stores of food. People are not going to be able to find it. As a quick example, that snowmageddon that didn't show up in New York, you know, the, the phantom snowstorm, I don't know what that was. Was it an experiment over there? or Some kind of heart for geoengineering project. Uh, and a social study to see how the people would react. But I saw the images, Sheila, when they told the people, yeah, you're going to have 20 inches of snow, 30 inches of snow, have a few days of food, the, the shelves were, were stripped in that area. 
Did you see the lines of people all from the the cashiers all the way to the back of the store? I saw several photographs of people. Yeah, in, um, incredible. Well, you know, I think they're beta testing to see, you know, what's going to happen here. I mean, that's a standard playbook. I mean, that's right out of the Sololinsky playbook to beta test the dumbed and numbed, dehumanized, desensitized people in the with the cognitive dissonance, right? I think it's important that people understand. I mean, look at God told Dimitri Dudeman, and the church has left me. And he said, like, how, Lord? What, what is going to happen? I mean, that veil of protection is slowly being removed, which reminds me of the vision that you got of that recently, which I want you to get into with the bear. You know, when you've got God holding a bear back, this big, ferocious, gritty, fanged, incredibly ferocious bear, and it's ready to be unleashed off a chain, God's holding back the chain. I mean, that is quite a compelling image of what's going to be unleashed on it. So get into that vision a little bit, and then I want you to get into the standard oil sign that you saw fall in in, um, late fall of last year. Okay. Well, let me skip over then. I'll just name the topic without going into it. The second one, we we read, you can see it in in, uh, Ezekiel 14. Pestilence, and we know what that is. We're going to have disease. That's coming. And it's already arrived in, in pockets. And then the next one, darkness, evil onslaught. That's the darkness of evil spirits. Oh, if we have enough time, we'll come back to that. And then the sword. Let's talk about the sword. War occurs during judgment. And as I was stating, Sheila, when it happens in waves, God starts out with the smaller, less painful ones at first, like famine. But the fourth one is war. And eventually, if the people do not respond, war will occur. And that's where we're headed, Sheila. America is not going to repent to stop the fourth part of the judgment. And this is where it's going to get ugly and bloody and, and horrible. I have had... Many, many prophetic dreams and visions of the war that is coming to America. I have seen this thing take place. I have seen the the soldiers, the Russian soldiers and the Chinese soldiers in America occupying America, mistreating American citizens. And last week, I was on with Steve Quell on, on Hagman & Hagman to share some of my latest warnings about the coming war with Russia. And as I was preparing for this, I sought God. I sought God, and I said, God, help me to understand this. How much time do we have? What do we have to look for? How is this going to play out? And then I had a vision, Sheila, and I was on my knees. I was, I was crying out to God. I was travailing. And when I cry out to God, I, I ask him to hold back. That's one of the biggest things that I do lift up to heaven, Sheila, because I have children. And I don't want to see this happen. I do not want to see the Russian war come because I have a 21-year-old son. I have a 15-year-old son and a daughter. I don't want to see it happen because they're going to get drafted. But God has also showed me that they're going to be involved. I, I have had to accept that, and I've told them this. They know. God has showed me, you guys are going to be involved in the coming war. I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but I know you're going to be involved. So I had to be open with that. So I don't stand here or sit here and speak on this program, Sheila, as feeling like I'm out of touch, because some people say, Nathan, you scare me. Well, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, I'm also fearful for my kids, so I'm there with you. I understand what this is all about. I understand having to deal with this and pray through and stand in the gap for my kids. So I'm not saying it in a vacuum. All right. Now, I was asking God, God, show me. And he gave me the vision. I saw a giant. This this thing was huge, Sheila. I saw a map of the United States, and I saw the Canadian border to the north, and there was a giant grizzly bear and in, in proportion to the states, it was huge. It was like as wide as Montana. It was a big bear. But this bear was trying to come across the Canadian border south, which, by the way, 
The bear was in Canada, wanting to cross and go south. And this bear was standing at the border, and there was a, a chain around its neck, and it was like one of those guard dogs that rear up on its hind legs, but the chain's holding it back. That's what the bear was doing. And his head was going back and forth, and it was growling and snarling, and, and his teeth were bared. And the growl that I heard was, was terrifying. And then it picked up his front paw, his right paw, and it swiped it across the air, trying to just swipe it whatever it could, but the chain was holding it back. And the end of the chain was held by the hand of God. God is restraining it, Sheila. And that's the thing also that's very important to understand is when God finally says enough is enough, he's going to let go. And as I was watching this vision, eventually the chain, he let go of the chain. And the bear ran across the border, and the first thing it did was it lifted up its paw, Sheila, and it brought his paw down and hit the ground, and it peeled up the ground. When I was looking at this, if you were, if I was to equate it with a map, it was in the area of maybe eastern Washington to Montana. Around there, it just came over and just it gouged into the ground. It could have been part of Washington too, but it was in the northwest. So, and then it it, growled, it peeled up the ground, and then it went across, and the invasion had started. Now, side note, Sheila. For the listeners that may be located in Canada, I get emails and people say, Nathan, what about Canada? Russia's going to be in Canada, Sheila. They're going to come through Canada. They're going to come through Alaska. Canada's going to be involved in this thing, and it's not going to be pretty. So just for the record, not only in Canada, though, they're also going to offload. They're going to unload on the coastlands, and they're also going to come from the south. But the grizzly I saw was coming from the north. So over the last few months, God gave me, it was a bombardment of prophetic dreams where I had over and over one by one, prophetic dreams that showed that this war was coming. And when I saw these, these things happen, it, it wasn't in, in, I have it right here in front. By the way, you can go to my website, watchmanscry.com, and there's the Hagman notes for January the 21st. There's notes in there that talk about all of this. Well, I saw the bear is going to cross the fence. I had a dream about a fence that it tore down. My son also on the same day had a prophetic dream where he was working on a fence and a bear showed up and knocked the fence down. And it was the same day, Sheila, if you heard that program. This is what's incredible. On the same day, January the 2nd, I had a uh, prophetic dream where there was a giant bear who was about 12 feet long walking around my town, and I had to fight it. And I killed it, and it died. And I went to show it. I left it laying in someone's yard. I left it laying there, and I went to get someone to bring to show it to. And when I came back, it was gone. And I asked someone who was standing there what happened. They said it came back to life, and, and it left. So I was wondering how in the world it was dead. So I looked around town, and then I found it again. But it was, once again, laying in someone's yard, but it had a big bullet wound in its shoulder. And I knocked on the front door of the, the location where it was laying in the, in the front yard of these people. And they said, uh, Nathan, the sergeant of the police department shot it with his gun. And I was thinking, good, now we don't have to worry about the bear. And as I was staring at it, Sheila, it came back to life and walked away. When I woke up that day, I shared that vision at the breakfast table, and my son, my 21-year-old son, told me, Dad, last night I had a dream that I was fighting a bear. And in his dream, he was working on a fence next to somebody's property, five feet away from a, a very fancy, rich house. And the owners of the house were inside having a party, by the way. That illustrates the, the party that's going on, Sheila. They're asleep. They're just enjoying themselves. And he was building this fence, and there were steps going down into the basement of this house. And he looked down the steps as he was working, and there was a giant bear sleeping at the foot of the basement. And when he saw the bear, it woke up and came up, and, and, it, and it knocked over his fence. And then he started to fight it. He jumped on its back, put it in a chokehold. It fell to the ground. He thought he killed it. So he let it go, and as he was looking at it, it 
came back to life or woke back up and went back down the steps of the uh, the basement. So when he woke up, he shared this with me, and I was thinking, there is no way, this is a coincidence, Sheila, by the mouth of two witnesses, the Holy Spirit was revealing, Nathan, there's a lot here, but I'm just letting you know that that's what's going to happen. The bear is going to be within the boundaries of America. You are going to engage the bear. Your son is going to engage the bear. And here's the, the part that's spooky, Sheila. When my son saw the bear sleeping, it was inside the fence, meaning that there are forces, there are Russian forces, I really believe this, I don't have anything to prove it, but the Spirit showed me this. There are Russian forces that are already inside the fence here in the United States, and they're just waiting, they're sleepy, they're sleeping cells, waiting for their call, and when the time is ripe, when God lets go of the chain, the ones that are inside already are going to do what they have been ordered to do, and then the others are going to come across from the other side of the fence. So in that prophetic dream, God was showing my son, 21-year-old year old son. He doesn't do this very often, Sheila. I believe this is his only second one in his life. But it was showing him he's going to be involved. And so I made sure that I talked to him about it and, and made sure that he understood what this means. I asked him, are, are you ready to face this? Can you handle it? Do you think you're up to it? And, of course, who can know, Sheila, right? Who, who can know how horrible, worse, terrible? But if God showed it to you, son... There's a reason he wants you to know. We have to be men about this and brave enough to face it. So what are you going to do with this information? And what it's done for him is it's letting him know he has to make sure he's walking in the footsteps of Calvary. So that's a good thing. So, Sheila, for all the listening audience that's tuned in right now, it's going to affect everybody. And I don't know exactly when this is going to happen. Last year, I had a prophetic dream where I saw a giant sign fall out of the sky, and that's also my website, that says Standard Oil on it, and it crashed to the ground. And that prophetic dream also had other things happen. I saw a plane crash. I saw a city burning. I saw a silo of food that was emptied. This main image of the sign that said Standard Oil, when I awakened, I sought God. I sought my colleagues. I, I tried to understand it, and then I published it. And I didn't know anything about it, though. I had to educate myself on the details of how Standard Oil came about and the Rockefellers and the petrodollar and all that stuff. But what God was revealing was that the petrodollar is going to crash to the ground and oil is going to crash to the ground. And here we are today, Sheila, a few months later, and this is one of the biggest stories of the past few years. And that thing, by the way, that event is going to be part of the dominoes, the, the tipping points that's going to play a huge, huge role in the crash of the American dollar. And as that thing continues to unwind, the end game of the crashing oil prices, because God showed me this, Sheila, that vision included, I saw a building that was shaped like a grain silo, and it was emptied out. There was no food in it. So that's part of the warning. It's like when Joseph saw the corn. The seven saw the corn. Coming. Exactly. But Nathan, here's the thing. It's clear there are these flashing signs everywhere. America's fallen into Babylon. But as we're on the verge of this economic meltdown, this implosion, as you were talking, I thought back to when people were stabbing people over a toaster during Black Friday. We've heard over and over, we all have intel that says, hey, there are big companies that are buying up food. When you're stabbing someone over a toaster on Black Friday, what is it going to look like boots on the ground on Main Street when there's no food on the grocery store shelves? Utter and complete chaos. See, that's the thing, Sheila, when, when people say we don't need God, because God brings order. God helps us to behave. God helps us to be aware of our sinful nature so at least people are trying to behave. 
when people throw God out, they become animals. And that's the third part of the judgment, the evil beast judgment. What that is is God allows evil. See, he restrains evil over America for the most part. There are other countries that have voodoo infiltration, and, and it's just a mess, the third world. They, they can't think clearly, and as a result, you see it in their lifestyles because they are, they're third world and they can't put their thoughts together to build a house that looks modern because they're full of voodoo. We see that over and over. The voodoo and the Satan worship and the paganism in the world where it's the strongest, they're third world. Well, in the United States, that's where we're, we're headed. The restraint of holding back the voodoo spirit has, has been, is, is going to rise up and the curtain's going to open and God is going to allow. And here's the part that gets spooky because I've seen this too, Sheila. God is going to allow the gates, the doorways, to the underworld to be open, and these creepy crawlers are going to come out of the ground yeah. and infest America, and it's already started. And it's going to, they're going to infest. As this thing progresses, people are going to be possessed by the spirit of darkness and by these literal demons. We're going to see demonic activity, and the people are going to commit bizarre, horrible, insane crimes. It's going to happen from coast to coast. Now, we have already seen it begin to appear in certain areas. The beheadings are going to come here, Sheila. To go into the detail of just how horrible it is, it's going to be a nightmare. Jesus says there's never, ever been a time like what is going to unfold here. What really is the most important message? If you look at the culmination of totality, this litany of things happening all at the same time, I mean, when you look at the culmination of all these ubiquitous things unfolding, what really is the one key message for the listener? Number one, repentance, Sheila. We have to make sure that we are walking next to Jesus, that we're walking behind him, that we're following him, carrying our cross. That is the most important thing. If someone were to want an outline that they said, Nathan, tell me quickly, where, where can I find information to follow up on? Well, Psalms 91 is a good start, but I have to qualify it, Sheila. Psalms 91 is not limited to verse 1. He that dwells in the secret place shall abide. I hear a lot of Christians, and they don't mean to, but there's biblical illiteracy across the church right now. But they say if they claim Psalms 91, they'll be okay. But Psalms 91 is not a, uh, it's not witchcraft. It's not a spell that you repeat that gives you good luck. Psalms 91 is a lifestyle. It says he that dwells. The secret place of God is our knees, ladies and gentlemen. We have to abide there. He shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, and that's one of the exercises and disciplines that is missing from so many people. How many people are challenged at Mr. Olstein's church to do that, Sheila, to get on your knees and make sure that you're covered by the blood and to repent from the deeds that you used to walk in, get rid of them. It's time to clean house. It's time to get our house in order. It's time to save the Lord. God, you're my refuge and my fortress. Okay, so when we walk to the refuge at the door, the angel's going to say, okay, you can't bring that in, or that, or that. Drop that, empty your pockets, then you can come in. So we have to empty ourselves out to be in the refuge of God, and it begins with repentance. Amen. I so agree. And there's, there's just so much more to talk about. I hope you come back and see us soon, Nathan. Folks, bookmark Nathan's website. That is watchmanscry.com. It's linked there at weekendvigilante.com. Go check that out. And his show archives, that's tremendous. Nathan, thank you for coming on and thank you for all that you do. God bless you and your ministry and we will definitely be paying close attention here to what is going on in the in the months to come, won't we? We sure will, Sheila. Thanks for having me. And folks, ton- tonight is the night, really, to get right with God. I mean, if you are listening to this program tonight and 
you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior or if you're backslidden, I want to hear from you. So go to weekendvigilante.com. Give me a phone call, an email. There's many ways to get a hold of me. And again, Nathan, as we, I guess really the, the quintessential message here is not just repentance, but really coming into a place of being a doer of the word, being obedient. Ezekiel talks a lot about the watchman, and as you and I know, God's job description is not for women. Folks, again, that was Nathan Leal from WatchmansCry.com, linked there on my site. And just a reminder, in addition to going to my website and listening to the show, many people have emailed me and asked how they can listen to the show on their iPads and smart devices. So you can download an app called MixLR, that's M-I-X-L-R, search Weekend Vigilante, and you can actually add me. And also you can follow my podcast as well, or simply go to my website under Show Archives tab on the menu and listen to any show. Also you can follow my podcasts by adding me there, or you can go into iTunes and type in Sheila Zelensky and it'll come up there. And please make sure to follow me on Facebook and Twitter. You can find updates there. You can find those direct social media tabs there on my website. And remember, folks, Steve Quayle is one of my sponsors, but I am looking for additional sponsors for my airtime costs. So if you would like to advertise, please get in touch with me. Also, please consult with Steve for all your precious metals questions. This is the time to be planning, folks, so he's just a phone call away. And also, order his book that's available now, Little Creatures, and it's also a direct link on my website if you go to the right. And send Steve an email and tell him you like the show and thank him for sponsoring it. I would like to remind people, if you are blessed by this show, to prayerfully consider financially supporting it. I know there are many listeners that listen all the time, and I think it's only fair that if you eat the meat... You sow into the ministry. And I would like to remind people to tune in tomorrow night, Saturday, January 31st. Tomorrow night, Steve and Pastor Langford are having a prayer time on the Hagman and Hagman. So, very powerful show with the prayer time. So, please do check that out. And folks, I want to remind you finally that every single Wednesday, please join me at 4 p.m. Eastern Time for a prayer and fasting. It's a conference call where we pray together. People from across the globe are on that prayer call. We fast, and I really believe that God moves when we pray in a powerful way. So please join me in that. Info is linked there at Weekend Vigilante. And I would like to say hello tonight to Dwayne in the Philippines. Dwayne, glad you're listening. Folks, have a great weekend. Thank you so much for listening. And again, tune in every day. That's Monday to Friday, 6 o'clock Eastern Time, right here on WWCR. Good night and God bless. The Sheila Zielinski Show is sponsored by SteveQuayle.com, offering a wide variety of products, links, headlines, and information for the end times. Order Steve's new book, Little Creatures, by visiting SteveQuayle.com. Dare to discover, learn, prepare, and be amazed.